0: Hi, I'm Steve Peterson.
1: And I'm Mindy Peterson.
0: We're part of a ministry called Fresh Start for All Nations. We love to help men, women, and young people resolve the issues of their heart through the power of forgiveness and freedom in Christ. We have written a little booklet.
1: It's called Processing the Issues of Your Heart. And we had some people over lately, and this is what happened.
2: Well, I just want to thank
1: everybody for coming. Um, We've really missed you guys. And um, we just thought we could maybe have a little get together and um, catch up on all of you.
0: Yes, I I couldn't agree more, honey. I'm excited. We love you guys. It's great to get together, get caught up, find out what's going on, get some heart updates. So maybe we can start with David.
2: Yeah, thanks. Uh, It's great to be here. Uh, Things are going well. And looking forward to hearing from everybody. How are you doing, Bob? You
3: know, I'm doing okay. You know, things are going pretty well, but I'm looking for a job right now, so if anybody knows of a job that's out there, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, so keep me in mind.
4: Things are going well for us. Um, our grandkids are healthy, so I really can't complain. I want to be able to say that everything's going well with me, um, but this week has been a struggle for me. Um, it's been a hard week. I have a close friend and she said some things to me that really, really hurt my feelings. It was really, really hard to hear. and I'm just really struggling in that relationship. i don't I don't know what to do. Um, I keep replaying the thoughts in my mind, and it's just been a hard week.
1: No, I can really identify with that, Diane, and I'm so sorry because I know how that hurts. Yes. Um, I just really care.
0: Yes, I care too.'re you're, you're a precious uh, sister and friend, and uh, just so glad you feel free to be known, share your heart. In fact, I think there is something that we could uh, share with you all that I think would be of help mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and to all of us. And because uh, life's all about relationship and our hearts get affected. And if we aren't careful, they can become infected. So I think, I think this would help. So honey, do we have any of those booklets?
1: We do.
4: So what is this you. book that you're?
0: Well, we call it processing the issues of your heart. Process, because life is a process. Heart, because I I believe we live in a spiritual war zone, and the war is for the heart. Hearts are affected all the time. When you think about it, who hasn't been hurt or offended or suffered a loss? Mm -hmm. Uh, We care about what you're talking about, and yet I'm sure we can all identify. So maybe we can just take a look at this book a little bit. I think it'll be of help to you, Diane, and help to all of us as we move forward. Notice in the beginning it says, offense, hurt, and loss. Who or what has offended you or hurt you? Or what have you lost or who have you lost? And you've made reference to that already. Uh, I really believe there's a biblical basis for this. Psalm 26.2 says, test me, O Lord, and try me examine my heart and my mind. So it's an invitation. Lord, you make the issues. I'm not trying to make the issues. I'm not trying to find somebody to blame. I'm not looking for a problem. Whatever is true, Lord, whatever I need to see, whatever I need to do, bring it to light. I also like to think in terms of the big ideas with each part of this process. The first big idea is who or what is in your gap. Think of it this way. What's the Lord like? Loving, kind, forgiving. That's what our Heavenly Father's like. What's that other person like? Well, at a given point in time, they may not be loving, kind, and forgiving. The difference between the two is the gap. Now, from relationship to relationship, the gap may vary. You know, uh, sometimes that other person is very kind and caring and forgiving. Most of the time the gap's pretty small. But in some relationships it's huge. There's the gap. Plus he's got a design for that relationship. He would want that relationship to always include kindness and courtesy, no matter what the relationship. And of course a deeper relationship would include more. More intimacy, more uh, servant-heartedness, uh, more disclosure of heart, more sharing of heart, all of that according to his design. Well, he has his design. We have our experience because there a gap.
4: Well, Pastor Steve, what do you mean by an unmet expectation?
0: Uh, an unmet expectation could be something I desire that's not being met. <laughs> Simply that. So a desire for that other person to uh, take an interest, to be kind, to be courteous, to be loyal, to be faithful, and when they're not, an unmet expectation. So other questions could be helpful too.
3: In regards to my hurts, offenses, and losses, how specific should I really be about them?
1: Well, I, I really believe um, a lot of times when we're not specific enough and we are dealing with God and He's dealing with our hearts, um, there's room to go through this process and then at the end there's room for these uh, thoughts to come back in, but what about this or what about that? And so it's so good to get all of that out at the beginning and then there, it's like, well, I've already, I've already dealt with that. That was part of the offense hurt or loss or how it affected me.
3: I was wondering like, do I even need to process someone that's no longer a part of my life?
0: For the sake of your heart, yes. Because it's so important to keep in mind that people, places and things have the potential of affecting our hearts. And if we don't take care of our hearts, which this booklet is all about processing the issues of your heart and taking care of your heart so that it doesn't become infected, it's been affected but we don't want it to become infected. Yes. So whether that person is around, whether they're alive, whether they live in another state, whether we never see him again, has our heart been affected? That's the starting point. That's the key perspective. It is about our heart. I love what it says in Proverbs 4.23, above all, above all else, that gets my attention, above all else. Guard, <laughs> not build a fortress, build a wall, keep people out, no. Guard as in, take care of, take care of your heart. This booklet, Processing the Issues of Your Heart, is a tool to take care of your heart.
5: I understand how this book helps you um, process a hurt or an offense, but what if it's a loss and I really don't even have anyone to forgive?
0: Ah, that's a great, that is a great question. This, again, is a process that starts with the heart. It doesn't start with, well, just forgive them, get over it. No, it starts with the heart. How has your heart been affected? When it comes to processing a loss, it's the same process as if we're gonna forgive someone. We start with the first part, who or what has hurt or offended you, what have you lost? And we go out of the second part, which we'll get to in a moment, and the third part, and then finally, we'll come to the point of release, which doesn't necessarily mean you will forgive, but there will be a release. So, as you look through the booklet, you'll see some engaging questions. This booklet is full of questions to prompt you, uh, different relationship scenarios like marriage and family and work-related and other things like that and the second part of the first process talks about loss. Maybe it was the loss of a job, maybe the loss of a loved one, Mm -hmm. maybe the loss of a dream. So these questions in part one are intended to prompt us, seed our thinking, so to speak, and then what applies to us. Diane, I'm so glad you brought up your situation, your recent situation with that friend you can see what kind of uh, discussion and questions have been generated. I mean, this is real life stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Life's all about relationship. We don't have to just be survivors. We can thrive and this will help us take care of our hearts. So just to conclude this first part of the process, I think it's so important that we are detailed, that we're specific, if it helps us to write down our answers to the questions, that can be helpful. We might need some extra paper. The booklet probably doesn't have enough room for some of us in certain situations. But I like to think of it in in terms of just taking a a total inventory of anybody and everybody that comes to mind that's ever hurt you or offended you or any loss and just write it down and then choose one that you're going to process next. And if there's more, there's more, but I have found, we have found, that with some relationships and with some issues of the heart related to losses, as you process them, it's like some of the things that bothered us before, some of the situations that mattered to us before, don't matter anymore. So it's not like if we come up with a list of a hundred, well, man, we've got to go through this a hundred times but there'll be the power of each time, the power that we will experience. It's amazing, a transformed heart. That's what God's desiring. So before we go on to the second part, think in terms of if I, was, if I, if I were gonna choose one, I'm not limited to one, but what would be the one? Who would be the one that I would choose? I think that'll help us get the most out of our discussion today, our interaction, our sharing, our questions, if we just think of one and then apply that
3: all the way through.
0: Let's talk about part two of the process. It's entitled "Affect." It has to do with how was your heart affected? What have your thoughts been since then, and you've referred to that a little bit, what have your thoughts been toward this person in particular? And what have your feelings been? And there's a, a list of words here, not as a limitation, but words of potential identification uh, that would apply. So maybe just for starters, not to make, I know you don't want to be the center of attention here because this is really all for, this is for all of us, but if you had to choose one of those words, you don't have, you're not limited to one, but from this list, mm-hmm. what, what, which ones would you choose that would best describe how your heart's been affected by the situation that you referred to?
4: Um, I would say probably rejected and sad and probably worthless.
0: Mm-hmm. So this was a significant
5: mm-hmm.
0: situation, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Once again, honey, I'm reminded of the scripture, Psalm 139:23, "Search me, O God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. The Lord cares about how you feel. The Lord Mm -hmm. cares about how each of us feel. Bob is looking for a job right now. The Lord cares about how that's affecting his heart. Mm -hmm. And different ones around the room here with family, friends, all kinds of situations. Because life's all about relationships. Our hearts get affected. So any questions as we go along?
6: Steve, as I look at this um, list of feelings and think about the situation that I'm processing, I honestly have a really hard time applying any of those feelings to my situation. And I feel like maybe um, I'm just numb to the situation, so I'm having a really hard time actually feeling any of these things.
5: Yes.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up, Tasha. Do you have any thoughts, or would the same apply to thoughts?
6: I would say the same would apply to thoughts.
0: Well, this is where the gap perspective helps us, because it's not uncommon for uh, various ones of us and others, as they go through life, they have been affected by others, by circumstances or relationships, things that have been done or said, uh, omissions, things that haven't been done, that affect our hearts and you know our hearts can get disappointed you know maybe we're in touch with that at first but then as time goes on you know we just kind of become numb so like you're saying i don't feel anything so a a person could take that reality i don't feel anything i feel numb and they go well there's nothing to process i guess this doesn't apply to me i guess i can't go on to step three but this is where the gap comes in. Remember, what is our Heavenly Father like? So right now, think about the person, the persons in your life that haven't been like him at a particular point in time. Even if you had wonderful parents, for example, I'm sure there were times that they weren't perfectly like him. I don't think any of us have had people in our lives from The time we were born and up until now that we've had people that have related to us that have always been like Jesus all the time. No exceptions. There's always a gap. Mm -hmm. So think about what applies there. So you don't have to answer this question, but have you had people in your life that at different points in time haven't been loving and caring? Today, As you think about that, you can say, I can remember some, you might have a lot. But then if I were to ask you, how do you feel, You, you may still say the same. I don't feel anything. But here's where the gap helps us. What is God like, loving and caring? What were they like? You know what they were like. There's a difference, right? That's what we would process, whether we have feelings or not. We would agree with God and say, "God, at those points, they weren't like you." Yes.
2: Along the lines of what you're sharing and what you've uh, been sharing, Diane, you know, you're talking about something that happened a week ago, and and I'm asking myself, like you're encouraging us to try to think of something to, to process. Uh, I'm thinking of something, it was a a really long time ago. Uh, It wasn't a week ago, it was like years ago. And uh, I don't know if I'm just remembering it because it was offensive or just because uh, it's the only thing that's coming to mind or if I was really affected and if I really need to process it. How do I know?
0: Well, I think in the context of our discussion right now, I know you all. (laughs) <laughs> you're wonderful, and I know you all want God to have his way with your hearts. So you've all, you all have an attitude, I know, of, Lord, make the issues. Whatever issues are your issues, whatever is important to you, bring it to mine. So I just go with that. I'm not, I'm not saying that has to be the silver bullet, that has to be the needle in the haystack, and if you process that issue, you're going to have freedom like you never dreamed. I'm not trying to make it that but let's just make it, hey, life happens, hearts get bumped, this happened a long time ago, doesn't necessarily bother me today, but there's still opportunity to agree with God today and go back to the gap. Based on what happened, how did that person's behavior at that point in that time compare with what he's like? And you may not feel anything right now. You may think, I'm not mad, I'm not sad, I'm not anything doesn't have to take, doesn't have to be anything more than Lord. That I'm going to agree with you. That wasn't what you are like. That wasn't your character. That wasn't your design. I'm not going to judge their motives. I don't know what their motives were, but I'm just going to agree with you. They're in, they're in a gap there. There's a gap.
4: See, when I look at this, the thoughts toward the person, you know, the person that that I can think of that's offended me, well. They didn't mean to. That's the way they were brought up. So they didn't mean to hurt me. So I really can't
2: be upset with them.
0: Ah, that's. I'm so glad you brought that up. This is real life stuff. I mean, it's great. Well, it just reminds me that um, this is a process that's between the Lord and us because our hearts have been affected. So it's not about their motives. It's not about their abilities. It's about my heart was affected. Maybe it was because the gap was, uh, it was a gap of them being quite different than what the Lord is like at that point (laughs) in character and attribute. He's loving, he's kind, he's forgiving, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. They were the opposite. That was the gap. Maybe it was the gap of unmet expectations. From God's point of view, he was totally pleased with them and how they related to us. But we, st- it still wasn't enough. It was not enough for us. So we had an unmet expectation. I have also found that we have a tendency to minimize and be overprotective and be afraid of dishonoring, which is good. We shouldn't dishonor our parents or anybody. Uh, it's not about finding somebody to blame, but it's about the gap. It's about God's character and God's design for that relationship, and God's will for us and our experience and their behavior. And if there's a gap, that's the issue, because if you get involved in their motives or their abilities or their upbringing, you could think about that and you say, well, you know, that's the home they came out of, I mean, they're better off than the home they came out of, So. Or I don't think they meant any harm, so what have I got to talk about? That's all understandable. That's very benevolent of us, very kind of us. But it misses the point of the process. Because this process is about our hearts and how our hearts have been affected. And if we're going to compare, compare up don't compare across cuz you know what you can get into comparisons you can say you know my parents didn't beat me until blood down ran down the back of my legs they just you know they just didn't pay a lot of attention to me once in a while i mean a good provider a lot of positives you know never came to my games never came to my recitals never asked me how i was doing never took an interest in my life but they didn't beat me they didn't abuse me and i know people that have been so i got nothing to talk about that's horizontal comparing If we're gonna compare, compare up. What's he like? What were they like? What's his design for that relationship? What's our experience? That is the issue, and that becomes the basis of processing the issues of our hearts. So as we continue on with this process and as we conclude part two, keep in mind, right now, at this part of the process, it's not about forgiving yet, We'll come to that. It's not about advice giving, not about direction, it's about our hearts, how our hearts have been affected. And you have chosen a loss or you've, I hope you have (laughs) chosen a loss or chosen a person that you're processing just for purposes of our time together today. You're probably thinking of the one that you referred to earlier. I hope everybody has someone that they choose it might feel random to you. It may not feel very close to your heart, but don't let that don't let that bother you. Any anyone will do, any any situation will do because as you go through the process, it's going to benefit you, and it will help you face and address and process other issues as you go along. So it's kind of like a training process, if you will, in that in that regard. So as we conclude part two, Just keep your heart open. Bring to mind what's important to you, Lord. Thoughts and feelings. It's about my heart. You care about my heart. Let's go on to the third part of the process. It's entitled, The Response. How have you responded to the person that's hurt you or offended you? Or how have you responded to the loss?
1: Um, This step was especially dear to my heart because it was a step that really set me free. And what it was is that um, the person that offended me, it seemed so big that my response of, well, anybody would be upset about this, and it was wrong, and all this, I didn't really look at my response. I was thinking that mine was nothing compared to what they had done. And when the Lord put His finger on my response, He showed me um, that I was trying to protect my reputation, I was not taking responsibility for my own response, and uh, the bottom line was it was pride. And it was very... um, it was very devastating to have that be faced with that, but yet it was very liberating because I saw my part and it really, no matter what anybody had done to me, I had a responsibility to obey the Lord. And so when I repented of that pride, something broke in, in me in this whole process and it really lubricated in a, in a Holy Spirit way the rest of the process.
0: Honey, would you read the scripture that is the biblical basis for this part?
1: Psalm 139, 24, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.
0: Now think of this part as having to do with your response. What have you said about the other person maybe? What have you done, if you've done anything? What have you decided? Have you decided, I'm done with them, they've hurt me, I'll never have anything to do with them again. In fact, I'll never let anybody get close to me again. I'll never get hurt again. Maybe that's been our response. Or maybe our response has been, you know, when they said what they did the other day, when they did what they did the other day, I reacted, I was so rude, I was so wrong, I need to humble myself and ask the Lord's forgiveness and ask their forgiveness. So, responses may vary. But what we decide is the big idea connected with this part of the process. Because what you decide has great power. Like I just mentioned, if you decide, I'll never get hurt again, I'll never let anybody get close to me again, I'll never open my heart to anybody again, that's big stuff. And that's one sure way to shut down your heart and keep the poison in. But I've got a question for you. One word answers, please. First thoughts. You'll think of something later. Not a trick question. How are we doing so far? How is this process so far affecting your heart? One word answer. Um, Opportunistic.
6: Hopeful. Confused.
5: Challenged, searching.
0: Tasha, you said that you were confused, or you, the one word was confused. Maybe before we go any further, maybe we should uh, give you opportunity to share more about that or ask.
6: I a think, question. as I mentioned earlier, I was having a hard time with the finding any feelings um, that really described uh, my situation and what I was processing. So I think, as I go t- go through, I feel like the Lord is maybe putting some things on my heart. So I feel like maybe my heart's taking a turn, but it's really putting me in a confused state. As I didn't think I was feeling anything before, but maybe now I'm realizing some of those feelings. Yes.
0: <clears throat> One perspective that's been so helpful to me when it comes to confusion is in your process of thoughts and feelings. Allow more than one thing to be true at the same time. You know, so often we're geared to, well, it's all this or it's all that. So if it's this, it can't be that. So how can it be this and how can it be that? Allow it to be more than one thing.
5: Who said searching?
0: I did. Wanda, what? uh, share more with us.
5: Well, I think there's just some thoughts there that um... Maybe I didn't realize I was holding offenses or losses that are kind of stirring up a little bit. So I'm yeah. searching what God is doing in my heart mm-hmm. right now. Yeah,
0: but you're motivated.
5: But I'm motivated. Yes. So this this is a good thing. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Renee, what did what was your one-word answer again?
3: Challenged. Challenged.
0: Yes.
6: Yeah. Share I'm just, more about that. I'm just feeling like the my issue is that. It was so long ago that I'm realizing it is still affecting me every day, and so I'm feeling really challenged and motivated to no longer have uh, the unforgiveness in my life anymore.
0: Yes, I love it. So it's having a positive effect, it sounds like. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: Well, as you know, precious one, it started with you. So how is this affecting you? Tell us more.
4: Um, Well, like I said, um, it excites me because like the way I was feeling when I came in, just struggling and feeling kind of hopeless about the situation. Um, it's like, I see a path and a way out and that's, mm. you know, through Jesus and through forgiveness and walking through this path, but it's, uh, showing me the, the, the way kind of pointing me the <coughs> way
2: yeah. and
4: allowing me to have some clarity yes. and to know that there's going to be hope. And I don't. My heart doesn't have to feel yes. the things that it was feeling. So I'm excited. I'm excited to walk yes. through more, and you know, to yes. to get more um, more understanding of how I can be free from some yes. of the other hurts and offenses that I've had in my life. Yes.
6: What do I do if I've decided that I no longer want that person in my life? Uh, what if I don't
2: trust them anymore?
0: <clears throat> Great question. It's so important to see as we go through this process that will lead to forgiving in the fourth part of the process, or the fifth part of the process, excuse me. But forgiving is one thing. Trusting that person is a separate issue altogether. Uh, The truth of it is, in reality, that person that you're thinking of, or maybe not thinking of anybody in particular, but just conceptually speaking, that person may never be trustworthy. If they're not trustworthy, they're not trustworthy. I mean, it would be unwise to trust someone who's not trustworthy. So, forgiving them is one thing. Trusting them is a separate thing. That the big idea, as I mentioned, what you've decided, if we decide, if we decide that we're never gonna have anything to do with them again, in other words, we're totally unwilling to ever even consider any reconciliation, any contact. I mean, the truth of the matter is it might be wise that we don't have any contact with them for now, but when we make a decision, I'll never, who's in control? And we need to give up control. But the problem comes in is if we take control and we're in effect putting ourselves in the place of God, I'll never as opposed to, Lord, really hard. Oh man, I can't, it's, it's, it was so traumatic. It was so devastating. I, I can't imagine ever talking to that person again. I can I can't imagine ever being around them again. But for the sake of my heart, and for the sake of my relationship with you, because I don't want anything in between us, I'm just gonna keep my heart open. I know you'll show me, Lord. I know you wouldn't ask me to do anything that would put me at risk because you're a a protective God. And if you do put me at risk or allow me to be put put at risk, you're going to protect me. So I'm confident in your protection of me. So if you don't have any more questions, let me just finish with this thought. What have you decided? if you continue on in the process, this is the opportunity. If you've decided to take control, make a promise to yourself of the type I just mentioned, my encouragement is give that up. Let God be in control. And don't decide what you're gonna do or not do. I mean, you can have a plan, you can make decisions obviously, but repent of, turn from, give up, change your heart attitude toward this idea of I'll never. As opposed to, Lord, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm gonna say the next time I see that person. I'm not even sure I will say them, see them. And if I do see them, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm not gonna decide now. I'm just going to keep my heart open to you. I don't have to open it to them. It may not be wise to open it to them. Free to be known, but I don't have to be known by just anybody. I need wisdom, how much to disclose. So as we ponder that, as we conclude this part of the process, think about, if you made any promises to yourself? That'll be key to give those up to him before we go on. Pour. Pour out your heart is the first part of part four. Actually, part four is a two-part section. I like to refer to it with the big idea in mind. And here's the big idea. The big idea is go vertical. Go vertical. And as a part of going vertical, it starts with pour out your heart and then it continues on with giving thanks. But let's talk first of all about pour out your heart. Notice the scriptures, pour out your heart to the Lord. It says in Psalm 62, eight, trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your hearts to him. Now sometimes people that I've talked to have had a question question about this and a concern about this and they say, you know, this sounds like I'm complaining to God, and you know, you know, what if I really am upset with Him? I don't want anything to do with Him. You're asking me to pour my heart out to God. I'm mad at Him. And I say to them, I share with them, I'm so glad you're being honest. I'm so glad you're sharing how you feel. That matters. That matters to him. So maybe that's going to be what you're going to be pouring out to Him. And at that point they may say, okay, I'll tell him, I'm mad at you, God, why are you letting this happen? It's been 10 years now. This marriage is not even a marriage, it's painful. Is this my life sentence? Or a rebellious child, or a health issue. Why, Lord, I thought you loved me. I believe his attitude is, tell me more. Reminds me of what it says in Psalm 142. Verses 1 and 2. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my trouble. King David. So many times in the Psalms, he was (laughs) pouring out distress. (laughs) But he always landed in a good place, didn't he? He always settled. His heart always settled going vertical.
3: Steve, can I, can I interrupt you there? <clears throat> I um maybe I'm misunderstanding what you said or even the these verses, but I feel like the Lord should know my heart. I just I just don't know why I need to take the time to write it down. I'm is that so really glad. that important? I
0: mean. I'm so glad you brought that up. He does know. Cuz he's God, he knows everything. So, this part of the process is not for him. <laughs> It's for us. I can't tell you the number of times over the years where I've had the opportunity of helping people with their hearts and they've come up to this part of the process and they have begun to pour their heart out to the Lord and they've said the same thing. He already knows. Why do I need to tell him? And by the way, I'm mad at him. He let it happen, so why? Doesn't he love me? Let's tell him about it. He already knows. Let's tell him about it. And they start telling him about it and the damn breaks (laughs) and all of the pain and bitterness and brokenness breaks forth and the healing begins. Not a temper tantrum because, you know, there are people that are probably experiencing some relief today, going out in the woods and yelling and screaming. They feel good to get it off their chest, but then what? There are people that are in drinking establishments today, sports bars or other bars or whatever, and they're, they're up to the bar, they're having a drink, and they're telling the bartender all about their problems. And confession is good for the soul, yes. But then they leave. It doesn't last. So exhaling is a good thing, but left to itself, if that's the end of the story, it's incomplete. Telling somebody about it could help, if they care, especially. Sometimes we don't care if they even care. We just want to talk. We feel better. But it's still incomplete. That's why this process has a direction. It's not exhaling for the sake of exhaling. It's not pouring out for the sake of pouring out. It's going somewhere. And, And as we continue on, you'll see how important it is to start this process of pouring your heart out. As we continue to go vertical, remember the second part of this process is giving thanks. Honey, I know you've got strong thoughts about this, so I'm gonna ask you to share what this part of the process is about, giving thanks.
1: Well, I I like this part of the process, and yet a lot of times people struggle with this part of the process because Giving thanks isn't the same thing as being grateful or finding the silver lining in your situation. Uh, giving thanks is the other side of the coin where it's sacrificial. and um, It's not a suggestion, it's a command of the Lord. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's for those that are in Christ Jesus. and. In Ephesians 5:20, it says, "Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything." And then again, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to read one more um, of the scriptures. It says uh, in Psalm 50, verse 14, 15, and 23, it says, "Offer to God a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice, a thanksgiving. It's not like I'm so grateful that it didn't snow today, or." The sun shining or that i can go swimming whatever it's no this is a sacrifice the same kind of sacrifice as when abraham put isaac on the altar and pay your vows to the most high and call upon me in the day of trouble and i will rescue you and you will honor me he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me and to him who orders his way aright i shall show the salvation of god that I can give him thanks because he's the good one and he's in charge of my life and he, well, as it says in Romans 8, and 8:29, he will make all things work together for my good even though it doesn't feel good. It's not about how I feel. It's about what his word asks me to do. And as I do that, as I give thanks, it opens up the door to grace in my life, peace. And the power of God in my circumstances—it's like He's He's opening the door of salvation right there, of just what I need to either forgive or to uh, manage the loss that I have um, with His grace and peace.
3: You know, Stephen, Minnie, it seems kind of hypocritical to give thanks in this type of situation. You know, I'm not very happy about the situation or things that have happened to me. So, how do I give thanks for that, honey?
5: Well.
1: I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Bob. It feels hypocritical because you're not happy about it. Mm-hmm. But it's what we our mindset of what giving thanks is. Our mindset is that we're happy. But what we're doing is we are giving that sacrificial thank offering. It's it's an act of worship and warfare in the Spirit of God. And as we do that, he releases in you and in the situation what you need to go through that situation. So um, the scripture says, uh, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Those that don't know God, it's foolishness. But to those that are being saved, it's the power of God. And giving thanks seems foolish, but it releases the power of God to those who are saved and that if they obey his word, he wants to do something in the midst of it. It's not our thoughts. They're his thoughts. It's not our ways. They're his ways.
0: As we conclude this part of the process, this part four, going vertical, the big idea, pour out your heart, give thanks. Give God permission to use it for good. In other words, it's going to matter as you move forward with this relationship with the person you mentioned, Diane, it's going to matter what you say, what you do, how you feel, what you think, that's all going to matter but to position yourself to receive what God wants to give you. Make the priority, Lord, use this for my good.
2: 5. I've been considering what you've been sharing. Um, What I'm hearing you say so far is that this process, processing the issues of your heart, is a means by which to forgive in a way that is complete so that we can make sure that we forgive fully and uh, we fully participate Mm -hmm. in what God wants to accomplish in that. Yes. Not forgiving for the sake of forgiving. Uh, I've been reading part 5 here, the scripture referenced, and My question is, what does it mean, even as I read this scripture and it it refers at the end to forgiving from the heart, what does it really look like? What does that really mean other than just that I understand that academically, uh, that that's information? What does it look like to really fully forgive from my heart?
0: Yes, great question. Let me just refer to the scripture that you just mentioned in a paraphrase um, fashion. It's the parable of the unforgiving servant, Matthew 18, 21-35, and in that story we have a servant who owed his master a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, it was millions. And interestingly enough, he didn't beg mercy On the basis of this is impossible. my My only hope is that you forgive this. He didn't do that. He didn't say that. He asked for more time. I think that's very significant because there's a spiritual parallel to our lives when we compare it to this story. In this story we're talking about in financial terms, physical, financial terms, this servant owed millions. He asked for more time. Consider us, in spiritual terms, we have the debt of sin. Apart from Jesus, we could never be good enough. We don't need more time (laughs) to improve, apart from him we are hopeless and would be eternally separated from God because of our sin, because of our me-first life. So the spiritual parallel would be we need forgiveness for this me-first life. When I realize I need forgiveness, as opposed to more time, when the debt is canceled, it changes everything in terms of my response. Notice his response in this story. I can only imagine, though it's a parable and not a real life, but it's a representative parable to teach us, I can only imagine, though, that even in the context of this parable, the servant, when he was forgiven, when the debt was canceled, though he didn't ask, that it would be, he just asked for more time. I can imagine him going something like this. That's a relief. That was sure nice of that master. He forgave that big debt. I would have paid it, I just needed more time. And there's my fellow servant who owes me $20. Pay me what you owe me. How can we understand what it means to forgive unless we understand our need to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Once we understand our need to be forgiven of our me first life, and then we are because we give up control, resign from playing God of our lives, (laughs) give him his rightful place, receive his forgiveness, it's like, thank you, thank you, thank you then and only then do we begin to understand what it means to forgive because we can't give what we haven't received. We've received from him when we give up control of our life, put him number one, and now. It doesn't make it easy though, we still get offended, but at least we have a beginning understanding of what it means to forgive from the heart. So we go on with this story and we see the consequences of one who didn't forgive from the heart, but we see what real forgiveness looks like as illustrated by the servant canceling the debt. So we can apply that instead of an attitude toward our fellow servant or our fellow brother, sister, or person that we're in relationship with, husband, wife, whomever, instead of having an attitude, pay me what you owe me. Our attitude is, for my sake, for my satisfaction, so that I feel good about it, you owe me nothing. Why? He satisfies.
1: Steve, I I hear what you're saying. And it has me thinking, okay, if if I've forgiven the person, but I still feel some of the hurt from what they did, like, does that mean
0: I haven't truly forgiven them? Great question. <clears throat> it's possible that we haven't, but it's also possible that we have, and there's just a healing of heart process going on.
5: So, am I supposed to just let that person back in my life like nothing happened?
0: Great question. Forgiveness is a separate issue. Remember we talked about that earlier? It's between you and the Lord. It's not something that has to involve the other person as far as telling them you have forgiven them, unless they ask, and then you can say, I already have. But you don't have to announce it to them. You know, sometimes people in their conscientious obedient, wanting to please God in every way, which is good, (laughs) they feel like, well, I've forgiven that person, now I need to tell them. If you want to, you can, but there's no biblical mandate to do so. This is between you and the Lord, because when you forgive, whose heart gets set free?
3: Yours. You know, Pastor Steve, there's times that I don't feel very forgiving. You know, for this this individual or people that I might have Mm -hmm. unforgiveness for, should I wait until I feel like forgiving?
0: Mm Do you want to address that, honey? Because I know that, based on what you were talking about uh, earlier, you didn't feel like forgiving that particular person, but you did again and again. But it wasn't based on feeling. Mm
1: Well, again, I like your question because I think it's so real. But um, we forgive because He first forgave us and He asks us to forgive. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option. It's a command. And um, so we don't want our feelings to drive what we do with Jesus and the Bible. We want obedience to lead the way, to respond to His Word. So, um, chances are you may not ever feel like forgiving a certain offense that might be too horrible. So, forgiveness sets you free. It doesn't set the other person free. It doesn't set the offender free. They still have to deal with God, but you need to be set free because God wants to release and do all that he wants to do to make you into the man he has for you. So, I wouldn't go on my feelings. I'd go on the truth of His Word.
0: Well, as we bring this part in for a landing, how does this apply to you? How is it speaking to you? Is it helping you based on what you brought up?
4: Yes. Um, I can see how the relationship that I'm in, that I see, you know, has offended me, that I can be free in that relationship. My heart can be free even if that other person doesn't deal directly with me or, you know, we don't have reconciliation, that my heart before the Lord can be free and clear. Mm -hmm. And that's really exciting to me.
0: Yes, I love that. Forgiveness is characterized by they owe me nothing. They owe me nothing past. They owe me nothing present. They owe me nothing future for my sake. For my satisfaction to make me satisfied, whole, or complete, I've made an exchange. Jesus is the one that satisfies. Now we come to part six in the process. It's entitled release, but the big idea is simply this, let God handle it. So let's just start with some questions this time, I want to make sure as we, especially since this is the sixth and final part, I want to make sure we connect as much as possible and eliminate any confusion, and that there's clarity as we move on today. So, any questions?
4: I have one. Um, When I'm thinking about, you know, the relationship that I first spoke of um, today, are you just saying, though, that then I should just forgive and just forget? So, forgive and forget, and it's just all done. Is that what you're telling me that I need to do now?
0: Well, often you'll hear that, forgive and forget, but actually and technically, there's not a requirement to forget. When we forgive, they owe us nothing. They owe, in this case, the other person owes you nothing. You may always have the ability to remember, but upon remembering, it has no power over you. It has no negative. It's kind of like, it's a non-issue. It's a Mm non-issue. Any other questions?
5: Well, I have a question. You said we're supposed to release them to
4: the Lord, and then we're supposed to bless them. So does that mean I have to pray for prosperity and good health and happiness for them? Is that what that means?
0: What would you say, Anne?
1: Well, um, I think uh, as far as blessing them is, blessing them would be what God wants for them. That's the biggest blessing you could pray. And so uh, when you, after you've released them to the Lord, I think that um, what God would want you to pray is the things <coughs> that that person needs that's obvious to you. Not not to benefit you in any way, but because you see what they need. And Maybe they need uh, to know Christ personally. Maybe they need to forgive people, you, you know, whatever the situation is. And there's something about empowering you and uh, another thing that's done in the Spirit, when you go in the opposite spirit and pray for what God would want for that person, because He He wants everybody to know Him. And um, you have become more intimate with the Lord through this process. Mm-hmm. And may that person that you forgave become more intimate with the Lord.
6: Well, Mindy, the person hurt me pretty badly. Mm-hmm. How do I pray for them? I don't know what to pray
1: for them. Well, um, again, I think that you would just um, it's it after you've forgiven them. Um, don't take this wrong, but it's it's not about what they've done to you. It's about what their needs are, and their needs are. I mean, if somebody is um, has done something to you that has been very uh, hurtful or offensive or vile, who knows? Um, you see what they need uh, according to God's word, and that's what I would pray for them, and. Again, it's going in the opposite spirit. And it's not about you anymore in this situation. It's about praying uh, God's will for them.
0: Any other questions? <clears throat> Let's just take a quick look at the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Psalm 55, 22, and 23. The, basically, the theme there is cast your cares on the Lord. Because this, this part of the process is yes, the big idea, let God handle it, release the offense, the hurt, the loss to the Lord. Now, going back to an earlier question about how we process a loss when there's nobody to forgive. We process through the first four parts, through and including, pouring our hearts out, giving thanks, there's no one to forgive perhaps that we're thinking of or convicted of, But then we still finish with release. A release of the hurt, release of the person, a release of the loss. It's a letting go. Cast all your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. I love that. Romans 12, 16 through 21, the theme there is or at least one of the themes is, don't return evil for evil. As far as it depends upon you, be at peace. And then I love Psalm 19:14. may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I know that's my prayer as I've gone through different tests and we all go through heart tests. And the Lord makes it clear again and again, Steve, this is a test pass the test. How? Processing the issues of my heart, leading to giving thanks, forgiving and releasing. Clean hands, pure heart. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. It's about the heart. It's so easy to think, well, how about them? Well, how about the situation? Does God want me to live this way for the next 20 years? Somebody needs to do something. What do I do? Fair fair questions, understandable. We'll never begin to touch those questions. We'll never begin to have God's wisdom. We'll never begin to be a part of the solution, as far as our part, unless we start with our heart. There's one more thing I wanna share, but I wanna hear, we wanna hear from you one more time before we close our time together, and it's really been special. How has this, in one sentence, encouraged your heart today? For, for me, it's definitely the idea that I can find freedom in all situations through Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all about him, isn't it? Yeah.
4: I think um it's just given me hope to think that there's hope for um for my heart, even um when the world and people around me continually offend and hurt me, but there's always hope because there's always hope in who Amen. Jesus is so Amen. Yeah.
3: you know for me uh, you know sometimes it's a, it was a focus about me, you know everything's focused on me mm-hmm. for now. It's now the focus of him going vertical, giving it up to to the Lord, and that's really freed me to, you know, have a better understanding about forgiveness.
1: This, as we talk today, um, this this booklet has really given me um, a basis to process the difficult things in my life and in my heart, and really given me a lifestyle to
0: uh, to cling to. Yes.
5: I think for me it really helped me to understand that it really doesn't matter what the other person has done. It's what is going on inside of my heart and what's my relationship with my father. Um, And that sets my heart at ease because I'm only responsible for me and to go vertical with him.
6: The biggest realization for me was um, that Forgiveness isn't a feeling, that forgiveness is a command from Christ. And it's not a one-time deal, it's something that we might do every single day, but um, that Christ commands us to forgive over and over again, and just the freedom and peace that, that's to be found in that.
0: Notice what it says in Luke 23:34. Jesus hanging from the cross. Remember, in the context of this, hanging from the cross, they'd been gambling, for his clothes, they'd been mocking and reviling him, down below, And his response, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That attitude of uh, having a heart that sees, sees the problem, sees the need, sees why he came to be a part of the solution. Matthew 5, 43 through 45, paraphrase, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's going in the opposite spirit. It's doing the opposite. Why? Because of him. And as we open our hearts to him, as we enter into this life of giving thanks and forgiving, nobody owes us anything. It's not being apathetic. It's not being passive because we're making a a proactive exchange. Mm -hmm. We're exchanging what we want from them, what we think we need from them, and maybe even what he wants from them to us, according to his word, we're still making him more important. We're loving him more than we're loving what we want. Mm -hmm. And as we enter into this lifestyle, and then praying for those who've wronged us, betrayed us, praying blessing, have your way with them, Lord. What do we do? We open our hearts to have his heart for them. (laughs) Amazing, his heart for them. It's been so special being together. We love you, we like you. Thanks for sharing, thanks for allowing us to share, and thanks for your response because I'm sensing that you've been encouraged too as we go forth and live on planet Earth in this spiritual war zone, when we'll be affected again, I pray we'll win the war for our hearts by processing the issues of our hearts and living to give and loving to love and living a lifestyle of forgiveness. Bless you, we
5: love you.